Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guest for today's Kill Your Internet Podcast is a long-distance friend, someone we met through social media, an absolutely wonderful human being, Mr. Jose Galvan. How are we today, my friend? Oh, Colin. Pleasure to be on here, man. Dude, I'm happy to have you. This is a relationship that uh, started about like a year and a half ago, and I remember exactly when it was when we reached out to you. Uh, you had written a blog for KCRW about South by Southwest last year. Right. And we got put in it. And yeah. whenever we see something like that, I was like, first off, that's fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> and I, right away, I reached out. And I'm like, dude, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Like, here's some new music. And you reach back out. And I just want to say right up the top, thank you for reaching back out. It's so cool when you get people on radio to kick back and then you become friends. So just yeah, right up top, sure. thank you for being a cool guy. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thank you for reaching out. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll post articles and bands won't reply. You know, the bands will just yeah. come back. Well, yeah, whatever. It's like, it's, it was good, but it wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, look, like, yeah, it's about you. It isn't happening. Also, we don't have an ounce of cool in us. Like, we don't have the thing. Like, we're just fucking people. So it was like, we always reach out to ra- like just anybody who, who has something mm. nice to say or even not nice to say. I don't care. I'll reach back right. out. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll chop it up. But um, do you get a lot of bands that do reach out to you? Uh, yeah, I do. I still, I listen to a lot of new music. I, I go digging as they say, but virtually, you know, yeah. I think I, someone once asked me how much music I listen to on, on average. And I, the only way to quantify it was sort of like gigs, you know? So like, I, I listen to about like three to seven gigs of, of music a day, uh, a week. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Where, I was going to ask you too. Where do you find most of your music as a DJ? Do you get it sent to you or are you doing most of your work on your own? Uh, I get a lot of emails, like being a part of KCRW, I get it, you know, my, inbox is ridiculous like i have <laughs> i've got wait it's embarrassing to say how many unread emails i've got um i pick and choose obviously you know there's like those senders that you're like identify as like okay it's more aligned with my taste right. and then there's the senders that are just like all right you're pitching something i can't even play like 100 <laughs> percent. and i we a lot of our radio friends too i, I brought this up for the podcast but bruce warren who runs wxpn mm-hmm. yeah we were having a conversation like maybe like a month ago, just like talking. He's like, dude, I get so much bullshit. Like I get so <laughs> much shit forwarded to me. They know I'm not going to play, but I just get it anyway. Right. When you're, when you're going through, like if you're doing your own, own independent research, like what are you going to Spotify playlists? Are you just like browsing related artists? Like what do you usually do? Yeah, I do a lot of Spotify cause I'm a fan of the actual platform. It's, it's very user friendly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here and there I'll go to SoundCloud, but it's just too cluttered. Like oh, yeah. sometimes I'll click play and I'll like, not be focusing and all of a sudden it's gone through like three tiers of different artists i'm like i didn't even pick this <laughs> god damn it SoundCloud. dude and that's funny you bring that up because i totally agree about spotify as far as like a user interface and uh, like the experience for me i i don't get apple music tries to be so minimalistic and i just don't yeah. like what i get out of it but dude uh, I, I, i've yet to use my three months of uh free subscription if, i'm if such that. I fell into the, remember back in like 2016 when like everybody was doing um, into like releases exclusively on specific platforms. So I had, I, for a while I had title Apple music and Spotify and I got rid of title because I only had it for the Beyonce and the Kanye West release. And then I, I I still have Apple music and I rarely use it. It's just the occasional, like when chance the rapper dropped, he, he dropped it exclusively through Apple music. So I kept it on that, but Spotify is where it's at. Yeah, definitely. I like what they're doing with the radio. Uh, Apple Music is doing um, like hits and country and then like 
whatever Beats One was, like they turned it into Apple Music One. And I love uh, Zane Lowe, so I love yeah. listening to Zane yeah. Lowe's content through there. So Legend, they yeah. do they do do a much better job of like curating their shit. Like like Spotify still seems like less human. For sure. That For to sure. me is like mild. As an yeah. artist, it feels less human. But uh, dude, our first question always like to our guests mm-hmm. is what is what was quarantine like? What's 2020 been like for you? Man, 2020 was crazy yeah. uh, in terms of like headspace, you know, like just trying to wrap my head around it because, you know, you, you, you work towards a goal, right? And so like 2020 was like that goal of like 10 years of work. I'd, I'd done a bunch of stuff with KCRW. I'd, I'd had some inroads into like DJing like big gear gigs. Um, I also on the side, I do like management for uh, like performance artists. So like, Oh no, we're going to bring this up. Cause like I said, I did my <laughs> research for you have yeah, titles on titles. For sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's part of the hustle, part of the freelance hustle. So in a way, like sitting at home and not doing anything like a week or two at a time, I was like, all right, I'm kind of used to this because, you know, like freelance is like being an actor. Like when you're working, you're working. When you're not, you're like not at all. Yeah, what am I so, doing with uh, myself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you, you get into the existential crisis and it's like it was never ending, right? Because you're like, all right, three oh, months yeah. from now, we're going to be able to eat at a restaurant. Oh, no, we're not. Now it's another three months. Oh, now we can't even go to shopping malls. And now, you know, it's like, Yo, it's be intense. honest. Be honest with me. At the beginning of quarantine, did you have a conversation with anyone where you were like, "Ah, dude, this is gonna last like two weeks, and we'll be back to doing what we were doing before"? No, you know what? I was like a doomsday guy. I was oh. like, "We're gonna be here till the fucking winter." Bro, I was, I, I was, so, I was such a jerk off because I, <laughs> we were on the, we, we had just finished a tour run and we had a bunch oh. of dates booked. And uh, so I'm talking to the band and we're a six yeah. person band. So I'm like, I'm in the group chat, like rallying the troops. I'm like, guys, <laughs> seriously, it'll be two weeks. And then it was At just most. Christmas. <laughs> and we like, we were just talking and we were like, hey, we were so fucking wrong. <laughs> oh man. Not like I wanted to be wrong. You know, I wanted to, to err on the side of like, it's going to be the fall and then maybe we'll get back to some normalcy, but yeah. we're still, we're still in it. As, as you and I were chatting right before we started, um, I'm in LA and LA is pretty gnarly right now. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's cause I, I traveled here and there, um, very carefully, like double masked, you mm-hmm. know, no one next to me, uh, quarantined after wherever I got, yeah. but, um, the airports are insane. Cause like you'll like arrive internationally and nobody's checking temperature. Nobody's nope. asking, you know, it's crazy, dude. I was, I was in Nashville in October. I went down there for writing and recording mm-hmm. and my flights were full, like shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> oh, which I was, I was unaware of. I had yeah. been driving everywhere, and I'm mm-hmm. on this flight, and I turned to the guy next to me, and I'm like, is, this is fucked up, right? And he was like, yeah, dude, I, they didn't tell us that it was going to be full. I took four flights that week. No all way. four full to what the carrier? gills. What carrier? Can we put them on blast? Fuck yeah. American Airlines, you piece ah. of shit. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part about the whole situation was, and I don't know if you've had this happen, when you're deboarding the plane, they're like, please be careful and use social distancing guidelines. And literally out loud, everybody on the plane just went, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, we're in a fucking sardine can in the sky that you guys packed to the gills. Like, what do you want us to do oh here? My God. But I digress. So LA is still wild now, obviously. And we, we yeah. are having a great thought for you guys out there. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's to me, like I look back on it and, and I brought this up on last week's podcast, but if, if somebody would have told you in 2019, that the entire music industry would have just evaporated basically in front of our eyes. What would like, what would your reaction have been? I would have, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, no way, dude. Like there's no way. I Absolutely t- not. My reaction was, dude, you could have put me in a padded room. 
Like I, I, I would have just been like, you can come get me when it's over. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. This yeah. is what we do. I, I didn't, I didn't foresee the, as bad as I thought it was going to be, I didn't foresee like no live shows. Oh, for some reason, I just, I took that for granted. You know, being in LA, I took it for granted. You can go see anyone on a Monday night and it's just like. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, we all, yeah. t- we were talking to the Bluestones, they're a band from Canada. They had a really mm-hmm. great year and everything, but we were talking, we were like, it's so odd that like, even as artists, we took live shows for granted. Yeah. Because you could get them whenever you wanted. And right, now right, it's right. been, our last show was like, march 15th like literally the Oof. day it, it locked down we were in washington yeah. dc wow nothing since man and as so as did you go to a lot of shows because you dj'd uh you, you're yeah. a dj obviously right do you were you a more of a participant or were you more of uh an act like were you an active participant like djing a lot more or were you going to more shows um i'd say it was about half and half yeah because uh, there's a couple monthlies i was throwing oh um, sick so at the end of 2019, the, the craziest part is at the end of 2019, my wife is a wardrobe stylist, right? So she, oh, okay. she dresses uh, certain artists for their like stage looks and also like uh, press conferences and all oh, that. Man. In 2019, she, uh, she landed a big client in Mexico City. So she was out there with her. And, you know, like being that you could just do whatever you want. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take three months off and I'm going to go live down there with you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And so like the end of 2019, <laughs> basically my quarantine, basically... We, we ended up going like September to, to January. And when we came back to the States, oh. you know, shit started to lock down. I was like, oh man, you know, in hindsight, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have taken the last three months off. Yeah, but how the fuck are you going to, you know what I mean? That's, like, that's true. The, the funny thing for me too is like, I, I felt that the, the hardest part of this entire past year from an artist standpoint has just been mentally. It's been more than yeah. anything. It's, it's just, people can't, I don't think people really wrap their head around what it's been like for us in a weird in a weird way because it we like with the save our stages act the music industry was the last ones to be taken care of for sure it, it's, it's almost terrible. seen it, it it's always felt this way but a lot of people don't see it as a job they're still like okay you're just an adult with a hobby no right. motherfucker like this is our thing this yeah. is what we do yeah plus the consumption like everyone at home has been like just consuming these like live shows these things on you know, on Instagram, like all the, all the benefits that people are doing. And, that, and, and we're all basically doing it at like nonprofit at this point. Uh, I didn't even <laughs> want to know. Like, yeah, I cringe. Every time I see a band that I know, it's like they get all hyped and they're like, yeah, we're doing this for Live Nation. I'm like, oh, they're probably not paying you. <laughs> I, like, oh. I get bummed out, you know? But I will say, though, the one thing that like I've taken out of this past year, and I don't know if you can attest to this as well, but the resiliency on everybody's part has been unbelievable to see as a community. Like realistically, sure. like everybody's fought. We all fought for what we want. And those of us yeah. who are going to make it out the other side, I'm excited to see what happens, man. Me too. Me too. I think just uh, in terms of mental, mental state and where, where everybody's head's going to be, I think it's going to produce some great art. It sucks that we have to go through this. Mm. Um, but also, like you said, the resiliency, I, I'd like to see who at the other side comes out. Not clean, Dude, but you no, know, I know just- exactly what you mean. And that was a conversation at the beginning of quarantine with me and the band. I said, we got two options. Yeah. We could pack it up and go home or we fucking do twice the work and come out of this better than we were before. Shit. And who the fuck knows, man? Nobody knows what's going to happen. And I mean, one of the questions I definitely had for you here was like, are you a lifelong Angelina? Like, have you been there your whole life? I've been here since I was about like between eight and 10. Cause my parent, my dad's from Mexico city, oh, but my cool. mom grew up here in Los Angeles. So I grew up in Mexico city for the first day. I was born there. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome, um, man. But I, so I mean, technically I can claim native Angelina. Yeah. Cause those are rare and hard to come by, but, um, 
I don't because my wife was actually born here. And so like when I, when uh, I'm on, so yeah, she'll give you shit. It. Exactly. Yeah, she's like, Wait a minute. <laughs> she's like, I got like, eight years on you. <laughs> when we, when we tour and stuff, like, cause we have, um, of the band, I think three of us are native born Philadelphians. And okay. then the, like our bass player is from like 10 minutes outside the city. And then, uh, Erica, who is the other vocalist in the band yeah. is from Jersey and Florida. Like she flipped around a lot, but she's been in okay. Philly for like 15 years. And we are very quick to say, <laughs> Nah, motherfucker! <laughs> Don't you dare! Don't you dare claim it, because we'll call you out of it. But what do you think at the end of all this? Because LA has been in the news a lot for people leaving, a lot of people yes. in the entertainment industry leaving. Yes. Where is LA in the end of all this? I think it does just fine, man. Like, there's it's so overpopulated as it is. Oh yeah. I, I think before all this, I heard a figure something like on average we get a million new transplants a year, which sounds ridiculous, but it does. yeah because where are they going you know like i don't know um but the fact that people are leaving i think is going to open up a lot of space for like you said those who have the tenacity to stick through it and and kind of want to regroup and i think the music community is just going to gel together you know like yeah kind of what brooklyn was sort of in the mid-aughts like I, I believe like that that stuff that's been bubbling in silver lake and like echo park and even on the east side like further east is going to just like congeal you know it's going to I had my, I had a really good experience in LA in January and it was the first time I ever got to kick around there and, and just like see the city and mm. I fucking loved it. But the one thing that is, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, that traffic thing is real, bro. Oh, it's yeah, fucking it's real. <laughs> it's, gnarly. it's fucking gnarly. It really is. But like I, most of the time that I spend outside of Philadelphia is in Nashville. And oh, okay. They, so I write down there a lot. Our first record nice. label was down there and uh, I work, I write with CSAC. So I'm down there a lot. Okay. And uh, they get a ton of transplants as well. They do. I don't think it's anything close to what mm -mm. you guys get. So, I mean, no. as someone who is, you know, there, I'm not going to say bugging, you know, a native because I don't want to give <laughs> you like your topic, but as someone who's there for life, like uh. it's got, it's got to almost be a little bit nice to like, almost like relieve the pressure valve a little bit of the population, like in a weird way. Like, do you yeah. feel that way at all? I do. Um, I love that there's no traffic. Oh, I wouldn't say no traffic because it's traffic. By, like, you know, like someone from Nashville or, or Philly or even Austin, they'd be like, this isn't traffic. This is right. not traffic. And I would say this is no traffic. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So you're desensitized to, take, to it. Exactly. Yeah. It used to take you about 45 minutes to an hour to go about three miles. That's the realest shit I've ever fucking heard because yeah. I was staying right outside yeah. of Santa Monica and the mm -hmm. office like the, where I was writing was in Santa Monica. And I left every time, like an hour before, yeah. and I'd get and you, there on time. Like barely, right? Just kind of like, oh man, I'm glad I made it. My Airbnb was in Hawthorne. So it oh, really oh, oh. wasn't far. I mean, it's not far at all. No, distance wise, no. it's not. No, um, but LA is a great fucking city. I really, really do love it. And I really like, at the end of the day, hope that when this is all over, LA is what LA is. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want it to be a, cause I don't think it, the, the conversation we were having with our friends is like, no matter what, LA is still LA and people are yeah. going to want to go. It's just going to be a new crop of people that want to go there afterwards. For sure. And, um, I think there was an, you know, being here and being in the music industry throughout, like since like Oh four till mm -hmm. now, just the overabundance of venues, I got to say was a little, it was getting a little tiring, you yeah. know, like there were like too many new venues popping up. I'm not trying to be like, you know, say they shouldn't have survived, but those that will survive will survive, you know? Yeah, you want those, like, those landmarks to be there, though. Like, you want of the course. Troubadour and, like, the Viper right. Room and shit like that, like... Right, right, right. Uh, Which us, will never go anywhere. Exactly. Somebody's always going to take care of those venues because exactly. they, they have to be there. We, we just went through in the past, like, five years. 
So, like, over the course of our time in playing shows, the, in Philly specifically, they – all, a lot of the old venues closed and these new venues came in. And at first everybody was like, this sucks. Like the fucking M room closed and the North star bar closed. And then everybody was like, damn, they probably should have went. Cause these new venues are really nice, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm very happy to see that venues are getting taken care of now. Finally. And like the yeah. pressure with, with the, with the legislation getting passed, like we know that we're going to be able to go back to somewhere. Like that's, that's, I feel for everybody who lost their job and lost their, like lost their situ- it's fucking right. It's so surreal to think about it 10 months out and be like, what the fuck did we just live through? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it really I, is wild, man. Um, are you familiar with school night? Yes? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, school night. For sure. Uh, Monday nights, like, you would guarantee to see, like, you know, two, three bands that were, like, rising or just kind of, like, bubbling. They've been shut down for forever. So it's like, I, you know, talking to, to Sharon, who used to organize it, and Chris, who's also part of KCRW, it's just kind of like, you know, they were at the top of their game. They were like yeah. the ones leading the pack. And to see them struggle, you're like, all right, I had no, me throwing a monthly, like a once a, once a month thing. I like, I had no, <laughs> you, you know. know. You know something serious too, when it's like a weekly thing in a city that's across the country. And I know about it. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, it's a school night. I know who's right. playing that week. So that, you know, that shit is serious. Exactly. And it's, for them to be struggling, like, dude, it's just like, you know kind of contextualizes it and because and, you put a lot of it on yourself right you're like am i not doing enough um, to make day. it to make it you know to do more to to create more or whatever but then you look at somebody who's got that sort of like you know pedigree and you're just like wow they're not doing anything okay i can relax on myself i mean dude like uh, the hardest thing for for the band in this entire situation is the loss of control like we don't have the ability to just work harder and book more gigs. And it's not right. to me, like I'm always, I'm a go-getter. So I'm just like, okay, we'll book this and we'll go do this. It'll get us to this level. We don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's, yeah. it was an odd feeling of comfort to know that we were all in the same boat though. Like there was truly in, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, the playing field kind of even because everybody was stagnant. There was nothing mm. anybody could do. That's true. So we'll see what the fuck happens on the other side, but let's we'll take it. Let's take it to like a more positive place because after talking to you and I wanted to look into your background, cause I didn't want to be able to come on here and talk about nothing. <laughs> You're a man of many jobs, bro. Many, I many am. jobs. So yeah. KCRW DJ. Correct. Tour manager. Yeah. I tour okay. managed for about 10 years, bro. Talk to me about that. Um, so like in the early two thousands, I was at a radio station called Indy one Oh three one. It was kind of like, left of it was like in the middle right if like k-rock in los angeles is like the rock lean right rock leaning like yeah, you know, yeah, mainstream yeah. kcrw's the left indy 103 was right down the middle so it's like your alt station in a weird way yeah before alt was like the before alt, like alt 98 98 exactly yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and so we you know we broke ba- at that point in time we broke bands like the killers franz ferdinand muse you know t- k-rock what wasn't a great them. era dude what yeah. a great fucking time right so like being there, they they sort of created the idea of having the celebrity DJ, but like music celebrity. So we had Jonesy, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols, the guitarist. Oh, he was sick. our he was our midday guy. Our morning show guy was uh, Dickie Barrett from the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Um, and then like <laughs> yeah, it was an insane radio station to work at. And so like and our one of our nighttime shows was the Crystal Method with Scott and Ken from the Crystal Method. So I was there, I was their producer, I was their board op, and randomly one day they're just like, hey, we're going down to Mexico, we're going down to Baja, our tour managers just quit, we know you speak Spanish, do you want to come down with us and sort of just, you know, see if you like the gig? And I was like, oh, sure. I was like, 
yeah i'll check it out <laughs> and they're like we'll pay you you're gonna hang out you know it's like all you're expensive. like all, all i have to do is speak spanish i'm down dude. yeah Let's pretty go. much so we went down you know the weekend was crazy i was like dope um we came back N- nothing happened with that because they weren't tr- touring it was just like a one-off but uh after that station shut down which was like maybe six months after that um a friend of mine who i'd met through the station through a show was working with z trip so dj oh, z trip wow. like he had a residency in vegas at the time i think he'd taken over for am who had just passed and, in peace, uh, AM. yeah r.i.p um and he was like yo like this actually happened at south by southwest he ended up without a, a place to stay like uh and then we bunked and then that day like coming back from a show he was like hey I think I'm going to quit. Like I, I'm, I'm going to do something else. He's all the, the job's open and Z trip knows you. Cause you know, I'd met him at the radio station and I met his manager. He's like, he's looking for a, a tour manager. And so I was like, dude, I applied, went and did it. And like, you know, got to go to Japan, got to go to like all over Canada. Dude, you really didn't like ease your way into that. Like you went no. right into the fucking deep yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so fun. Cause I was, I think I was about 25, 26 at the time. What? Yeah. And so I was just like, I wanted to see the world and I got, to, you know, I got to get out yeah. there. And just, yeah. I saw places like Detroit. I never thought in my life I'd go to Detroit. <laughs> I saw the world, dude. I saw Detroit. We went to Cleveland. <laughs> this shit was awesome, man. I've been to Champaign, Illinois. I've been to like, all over uh, Florida. Like the U S is so big. I know it gets knocked Yo, a lot. No, that but, is like, the realest shit. Like yeah. until you wind up in like between Mobile and Birmingham, Alabama, you don't realize that there are different parts of this country that feel like a different planet. It's crazy. Correct. Correct. And so, like, as, as dope as it is to tour Belgium or Germany, it's like, you know, going through, like, the Midwest and, and going to see, like, Aspen and then Tulsa. or You know, like, it, it's interesting because most people don't do that. I mi- That is the thing I miss the most about quarantine and the situation we're in. I love the traveling aspect of being a musician. Yeah. I mean, dude, last year I covered, I was in France and Italy and I was in Oof. California and fucking Nashville all the time, Florida, everywhere nice. in between. Yeah. And now this year, staring at the same four walls most of the time. Dude, you know how the, are you, do you have the, I'm, I'm a, so Z Trip helped me become like a loyalty program whore. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I love loyalty programs. You get points like, on everything. Yeah, everything, <laughs> dude, everything. If I see somebody using their debit card, I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me, let me take care. No, let dude. Me, yeah, and yeah. What did I get? Because I was on my honeymoon last year. We went. We 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 oh, got, nice. I, we, we booked the trip over. Thank you very much. Over to Europe, and I looked up the best like fucking travel card possibly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Life changer, dude. Life yeah. changer. Completely, <laughs> completely. Like people, yeah. Um. So we we do Delta. Like I've been a huge Delta, uh, fan loyalist or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, damn, I forgot where I was going with that. Dude, I, I was a, a Southwest guy for a while because as a musician, oh. you're you're fucking flying with a lot of bags, so you get the two you free check two bags, free bags every time. Of course, yeah. Until yeah. I almost died. I was flying to Nashville. This was like 2018, like two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like an early morning flight. And I woke up and we lost the engine on the right side of the plane. What? And I was on the wing, like I was sitting on the wing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and uh, they the, they come on and they're like, hey, so. We just lost the engine on the right side of the plane. <laughs> We're like 45 minutes away from Nashville, so we should make it, but we'll keep you updated. And You're nobody said a fucking word for the next 45 minutes. And we're, we're descending into Nashville, like sputtering, and I look uh-huh. on the runway, and it's lined with fucking fire engines. Like, they're Shut already, up. dude, and I, ever since then, I... Out of freak. Now, this is the reason why I said fuck Southwest, because 
they gave me one free flight. Yeah. Like, Yo, for my life is worth oh, one free flight. And I was like, nah, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm trying different dying. things now. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, that was the real <laughs> shit. Uh, all right, so back to Z Trip. So you do Z Trip, and then yeah. you went, you wound up with the Bumbies, right? I do. Yeah. Within that time, uh, a buddy of mine from college started managing these guys, and we kept in touch. And he was just like, hey, like I don't understand. We're traveling, but we're losing money. I was like, let me look at your contracts. He's like, yeah, we don't have any. I was like, well, step one, <laughs> let's get some contracts going. And I was like, what kind of deposit do they give you guys on, you know, on travel gigs? Because that's where they were losing money, right? They were going out of pocket for everything. And then working with bigger, they were working with bigger brands. And, uh, well, hold on, backtrack. Let me set it up. Because the Bumbies are a performance art group from New York. They do like experiential marketing for brands and what they do is they're they're anonymous writers and they sit on typewriters and give you an appraisal of your appearance so they'll type they'll look at you for two minutes and they'll type out like what they think just and then they'll sign it and give it to you and that's your interaction with them basically but they're so intuitive man they're so like good at reading people and uh they get booked like all over the world i've been all over the world with these guys too and so they were losing money they started to work with bigger brands and what happens when you get into the upper echelon of like companies it's like they start doing this like, oh, we'll pay you in net 60, net 90, net 120. And you're like waiting half a year to get fucking paid on a gig that you're out six uh, grand already. It's always the people with the most money too. Yeah. Who are the le- like, it takes the longest to get paid by. Exactly. Motherfuckers. Exactly. Cause they don't get it's, it's peanuts to them. So they're like, these For guys, sure. can work. it's that old thing from uh, uh, arrested development. You ever seen the meme where it's the mom and it's like, Honestly, it's a banana stand. What could it cost? Ten dollars? They're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's ten thousand dollars. Like they can wait. It's they don't exactly. Have to pay. So yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile, they they convinced you that you could pay your own airfare to front your own hotels to you oh, know. Yeah. And you're like, you're now you're in now you're negative into this gig that you're doing for them, and they're gonna pay you in six weeks. Six it months. feels it feels nice to bitch about prices of shows again, dude. It this feels like <laughs> it feels like I'm at That's home. true. That's true. But so like. All of these things that you're telling me just seem like they were chance, like you were in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, I'd like to say, you know, I had a plan when I when I came out of, of like college, which I did. I studied film, and I, no I haven't shit. worked a day in film. Yeah, but like, so like, even having a plan, like you're going to be in the industry. Like, at what right. point were you like, I'm going to do radio DJ and also be a fucking tour? Like, you're just like, it seems like, are you a, are you a, um are you like an impulse person? Like, are you just like kind of go with the flow or do you think a lot about everything that you do? No, I'm, I, yeah, I, I think people would characterize me as go with the flow. Um, that, that's the best way to be. For sure. I, I mean, it's worked out for me, luckily. Um, like you said, just kind of being at the right place at the right time and, uh, and being open to new experiences, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't really know what to do tour managing, but I think I can problem solve on the road. Let's, let's try <laughs> it out. If, if I fail, I fail, you know, I'll come back to radio, but radio as you're aware, has been kind of dying the last yeah. 10, 15 years, right? So as, as much as I love it, as much as it's my my passion, like, you know, I did college radio. I've worked at, like, Spanish language stations. I've worked at, like, country stations. Like, I've, I've just done it all. And it's like, I, I, see, I see the numbers. I see the progression. And I don't want to end the- up, you know... It's stations like because we've had a lot of different radio DJs. Yeah, like we we, we they're, they're our friends at this point. Like we know these mm-hmm. guys, and I mean, sure. we were I was talking about Wendy. Wendy is one of like the alt DJs in the country, and she got axed this year. She lost her job. Right, right, right. right. And that was my wake up call to be like, holy fuck! Like, mm-hmm. 
It's but the thing is, it's stations like XPN and Lightning One Hundred in Nashville and KCRW out in LA that like are still curated. Like it's still human, and it's still a yes. thing where it's you know, it's listener supported. So like you know you're getting investment from the people that are listening to you. But right, right, right. It is it it's so to me like it's been wild to watch the more corporate entities start to contract and start mm-hmm. to like get more stringent and play the same shit over and over again and start to just like syndicate and it's like we see what's going on <laughs> but that's that's the problem that's that was the beginning of the end when everybody you know when the big conglomerates came in and just like took out all the mom and pops and everything became similar and you could syndicate a show across 100 markets but who cares? Like, I don't want to hear somebody from LA if I'm in like Seattle. Yo, right? that, like, we're going through that right now yeah, in Philly because uh, for sure. we, we have our, our alt station was called Radio 1045. They, mm-hmm. It's now Alt 1045. And now we, instead of our normal morning show we used to have, it's the syndicated Woody show. Oh, I yeah. Don't know, he came over here like two years ago. I don't know if you know those guys because I know they're like in LA, they're in LA too. And, mm-hmm. but like the reaction to that in philadelphia like if you read the comments on the pages like on facebook Ooh, and stuff brutal brutal this is the meanest shit i've ever read in my entire <laughs> life like whoever runs the like the social media pages over there was like dude i gotta get a new job like i it is it is fucking really weird to see like what's going on in radio but like yeah i don't know what the answer is and especially as an artist i have no fucking idea i yeah somebody in radio and on the music side and, and programming like i don't know because it, it's tough to convince like a, a PD who's been there 30 years, what mm. the new way is, you know, to, to not right now, everybody's terrified of the algorithm, right? It's like, dude, the algorithm can mimic what you do. Sure. But if, if you remove that human element, which they are by syndicating and, and making it the all thing, the same, like you've got, you've got no, no uh, leverage. Well, that's to me why, in, and I'm once again, speaking from my city, like where I've grown up, where the two stations in our, in our, city that haven't syndicated are xpn and mm-hmm. they're absolutely beloved and they have they're no worries they're fucking xpn but wmmr has stayed the rock station and they have a, a, a morning show that is just like absolutely like beloved it's called Preston and steve okay. and uh and it's local and it's it's filled. from two seconds away from sitting right now they're nice. right over in bella kinwood so yeah. it's a it's a homegrown operation i think people enjoy that and like to me like I'm sitting here like it's very obvious that like people want more specialized like yes. content. But yeah. The fuck do I know, dude? I'm just I'm just the guy. I have I have no <laughs> idea. But here's a question for you too. Like as somebody who works at KCRW and you like you guys obviously have an eclectic taste. You guys play a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. If I was to sit you down and put records in front of you and say pick out what you want to like, what's your shit? Like what what do you DJ? Like what what's your type of music you like? My type my <clears throat> so like my specialty. I'd say I love like uh, it's I call it musica indie. It's like the stuff I write about. Um, I've been writing for KCRW for about 11 years. And how I started writing for them was uh, with a, a feature called Pan Caliente, which just right. means like hot bread, you know, like it's hot off the presses. So I would feature and focus on bands from Latin America, Mexico, Spain, even the U.S. that sing in Spanish but that sound like anything you would hear on KCRW in English. Oh, that's sick. Right? So like the idea of like, it's alternative, it's indie, it's like folky, but it's in Spanish because that's what, that was the trend in Chile, Argentina, Mexico, Spain, like all these bands were kind of mimicking, copying Tame Impala and, and sort of those bands, you know, like so Radiohead's sick. always been kind of like the, the, the top for Latin bands. And, uh, and there's a huge movement down there. Dude. Like I've really enjoyed seeing over like the past like decade, 
the way lap music has just fucking exploded. And it's cool to see the way that it's taken on like the trap side. Cause we always talk about like Jay Balvin and fucking right. bad bunny are obviously like on top of the charts right now. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I want to see more of that. And I, I guess I got to check the blog out more, but I want to see more bands. Like I want to learn more. I want to experience right. more things like that's fun. Like what? Like, so other art. Right, so other than that, when you're DJing, like when you're doing a DJ set, like what what's like what's what do you what do you pop off with like what's like your first thing you're gonna throw on oh shit um so i did i did a lot of bar djing coming Mm. up and so you know it's kind of like i'll throw feelers out there i'll just kind of see like where the where the vibe's at like like you know you've got the fire you got the heaters that you know are gonna get people dancing but some of these gigs i was booking i had to go do like four or five hours so i didn't want to come on and throw on you know rihanna first track what am i gonna build up to right (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny too because like uh we have our buddy dj move it's my boy Ern, who's on he comes on the podcast line he'll co-host and me and him met because i was bartending at a bar in center city and he used to come in on friday nights and fucking dj so he would come in and every once in a while he would throw some random old school hip hop track out there just mm-hmm. to see if anybody would turn their head. Yeah. 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 And he started playing shit um, from like water to chocolate okay. from common. And I went and I like, I right away left my bar, walked over, I shook his hand mm, nice. and we became boys ever since then. And I wanted to, I brought him on and I was like, Cause I've watched the way that he DJs and I want to know if it's like, if you notice, it's like mostly just like white girls. So you do just fucking throw, <laughs> do you just like go to your like bag of tricks and you just like pull out like fucking sweet Caroline and shit. Or like you go right to NSYNC. Like, yeah. Just you read the room. Sometimes you got it. Like, cause you know, like, like, as I mentioned, I'm a very go with the flow guy. Like I've got friends and buddies that are they'll come in with their set. Like they're doing what they're doing because they're the DJ. And it's like, I get that, but like, are you there to rock a party? Or are you there to have people look at you DJ? You know, like yep, I've never, never been the type to just be like, look at me, I'm DJing. Like, I want to get a party going. And honestly, if I can get the bartenders involved, like if the yep. bartenders come up to me and say like, dude, that set was sick. Or like, I enjoyed this. Like I won because you had to listen to my entire fucking set. You know, dude, And <laughs> like, that was the thing as a bartender, what they used to do, they used to bring in these like DJs that were like big South Philly DJs. And like, they would come in with their clients. Like the people knew they were, fucking djing but they uh-huh. weren't playing to the fucking rest of the crowd and then I, we'd have the djs who would come in who didn't bring anybody out but they would read the room and yeah as the, the bartender i'm loving it because now everybody's fucking shit-faced and we're For having sure. a great time exactly do all the experiences that you've had in the industry do you think make you better at each of your other jobs like as someone who's experienced being a tour manager does it make you a better dj does it make you a better person in radio because you understand the artist more completely yeah like I think uh, my earlier radio career, which, and, and yeah, I used to work at K-Raw. I did, yeah, like I said, I've done- You've been all over the place, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wasn't as informed onto the, the artist, right? And like being a tour manager, just learning, you know, what the, what the artist is kind of thinking, you know, like mm-hmm. from their point of view and not just like, oh, they're being temperamental or they're being, you know, like there's a lot of insecurities as, as with any field, oh, yeah. you know? And like artists are super vulnerable. Like you're putting your, your songs are your feelings essentially. And it's yep. like, you're putting it to like you know showcase and say hey i'm sharing my feelings with you um but from the radio perspective you're looking at it as a business is like yeah this track is good this track isn't oh that man eh, i don't know you know like yeah sometimes you can be a little heartless um 100 percent. and not only that sometimes in different radio scenarios and what i've learned too like you don't always have full control over what you're playing depending on right. what station you're at so like no matter oh, yeah. how hard you want your to play this shit you have mm-hmm. a list especially over like a corporate station and you're playing it like that's For what sure. it is for sure. 
speaking of what you're playing, I told yeah. you we were going to do this. Let's do it. It's our segment. It's called What the Fuck Have You Been Listening To? Or What the Fuck We've Been Listening To? But what I want to know what the fuck you've been listening to. Give me a couple things right now that's on your playlist. Damn. It's, it's going to be super weird because I just took a dro- uh, drive to Utah. So oh, like, so you've been playing music. Like, you've been oh, in yeah, the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I listened, I listened to, like, well, we listened to a bunch of different shit. And then finally I told my wife, I was like, you want to, you ever heard, have you ever heard of the bands from From to Back from oh. Radiohead? And she's like, no, I don't think I have. I was like, we got to listen. You know, so Yo. spent like 40 minutes listening to the bands. Um, but then I was kind of like, I was feeling like hearing it something a little, you know, stronger. And so yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's listen to some Metallica, <laughs> <laughs> which is super <laughs> random. Cause you never would dope, I, dude. yeah, never would I have been like, let's fucking listen. Let's throw on load and let's just listen to it <laughs> front to back. But well, we had eight hours to throw this on. So you got there in like fucking four hours. Cause you were yeah, like 140, a- 140 miles an hour. We got pulled over. I got a speeding ticket. For did sure. you? Yeah. Yo, how the fuck did I know that intrinsically? <laughs> All right. So you got Metallica. You got Radiohead. What else you got? Um, and I mentioned like Latin stuff. There was a band called Caifanes. Okay. Uh, which were like, if you look at the album cover, you can tell they listened to The Cure because it was like, oh. they looked like Robert Smith. No you throw shit. It, yeah. You throw it on. A little bit of that, but mostly like new wave-ish. Oh, cool. New wave sound. And um, they ended up becoming like one of the, biggest latin rock bands in of mexico um like 88 through 94 but like this was their first album in which they signed with bmg music oh shit they they ended up they ended up making a deal because they knew they they knew they were gonna have to tour so they wanted to tour with the band and this this story always sticks in my mind is like the most amazing thing a band's ever done because they knew of this other band in the scene and they told bmg if you want to sign us you have to sign them as well like we're not gonna sign that's the most G shit I've ever heard yeah. in my entire. That's Definitely. looking out. Could you imagine yeah. being that other band and, and the, like you're like, yo, you're gonna do that for us? Like that's right, sick. right. And that other band became a, a, a pretty, you know, like in that one percent of Latin rock, like all over tours all over Latin America still. Um, and so <clears throat> you can tell they had carte blanche because on this album it goes from like new wave to like rock to like cumbia all of a sudden. You're like, yo, what the? Who would ever? <laughs> What what record label would ever let you do this back Dude, in the I need I need to listen to this just strictly like the thought of like a Latin disintegration. Like just thinking mm-hmm. about like the cure. Yeah. But in Spanish, I'm interested. For sure. I, I want dude, if you have any playlists of like Latin rock bands, mm-hmm. fucking throw them in my email. Like I need to I'll I've been talking I've been sure. talking about this a ton on the podcast and I want to start getting into different different shit, different cultures. Yeah. I want to shit in different languages. I'm from a big Italian family. I know absolutely nothing in Italian. Like, okay. n- like nothing musically there's nice nothing I've, so got, I wanna- I've got a couple i can recommend man like there's there's been some italian stuff come my way um there's been some japanese stuff that's just like insanely amazing Are, like, is the japanese do they do a lot of metal like i feel like do. i feel they like do. that's everything i've heard from japan has been metal but there's a there's a band called kikagaku moyo out of tokyo i think that was beautiful and- by the way that was beautiful <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> but they do um it's like psychedelic rock what yeah so like kind of what like tame impala began as kind of like that vein of, of psychedelic rock that's what these guys sound like they so like I, I fuzzy don't understand a word. like like fuzzy rubber soul beatles meets fucking yeah. oh exactly let's go. exactly in, dude and just like you know different tempos and you're just like whoa and what they say i don't know because <laughs> i don't speak japanese not important yeah not important because the music is good knowing what i know about japanese culture and anything i've ever seen they're so articulate and they're so I, like precise in a lot of yeah. what they do metal was the one thing that would make sense to me that like of that course. would be like they're yeah 
now I'm interested, dude. You got to hook me up with a playlist. I need to know. I will. I will. I've got some stuff on Spotify um, that I, I can link to. Actually, you asked to, to circle way, way back to the first question. How was my, <laughs> how was my, my quarantine? I was so bummed because I was going to South by Southwest in March and I was going to see Ningen Isu, which is a heavy, like one of the heaviest heavy metal bands oh, shit. of Japan. It's like this three piece and now they're, they must be in their 60s now but they throw on like kimonos and they paint their faces and it's just like the hardest shit you've ever heard. That is the most South by Southwest thing I've ever heard that you're about to go see a three piece Japanese hardcore metal band that paints their fucking faces. (laughs) And it's probably like three o'clock in the afternoon in the fucking back of a restaurant. (laughs) Dude, this has been an absolute pleasure, Jose. I'm really glad we finally got to do this, man. Thank you, Colin. Thank you so much for having me on, man. No problem, Thanks for being after me, you know, like I know, it, it's it's this weird headspace where you're like you want to do things and then you shy away from it i'm mm. i i i thought i was an extrovert but i guess i'm not because i'm way too comfortable like not talking to people these these last eight months you know if i've learned anything from quarantine is that i've always known i was an extrovert it's what i fucking do baby but dude jose it's been a pleasure we're gonna have you back on soon stay Sweet. safe in la and thank you man fucking, let's make this a regular thing man you guys too thank you so much You asked me why